Welcome to Tucson New Thought. So that song is very close to my heart. Um, it's a beautiful song. Oh no, yeah, it's it's a spectacular song. I grew up I grew up with that song. My mother. Um, and, and it's funny because uh, my my sister and I have Cat Stevens very much at the core of like our soul, because as we were growing up, we like Teaser and the Fire Cat. The album this is from was played on an endless loop in our home, and uh, and I and I love 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 the music of Cat Stevens. It's funny I don't think I've ever done a Cat Stevens tune since we've started here. And it's glorious, and the lyrics are glorious, and it speaks of this thing that we're all anticipating. And when was this song written? 30, 40, 50 years ago? Here's my question. Are we still waiting? Apparently. Apparently. You know, it, it, as I was looking at the lyrics, you know, because I, I always print out the lyrics because I'm, I'm at this point where I have this little bit of fear and I have to work on moving through this. I have this little bit of fear that I'm going to forget the lyrics. And so I print them all out. And then I spend a lot of time actually looking at the lyrics when I sing the songs. I'll work out of that. that, that that's, that'll, that'll change. Mostly when we have more musicians and I'm not tasked with doing all the music every week. Um, and if you are a musician and you would like to participate in the musicality of this center, please, please, please come talk to me. I, I welcome it. But the thing about the lyrics in this song is everything that is desired is at an arm's length. Everything that is desired is at an arm's length. It's not in the now. It is dreaming, and I'm thinking about this time when it's going to be happening, and the peace train is out there in the darkness, and it's, we're expecting it, right? We're expecting it, but it's out there, out there beyond the edge of darkness. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We've been waiting for it to get here for 50 or so years. When is it going to be here? When is it going to be here? How about now? How about now? How about now? So the thing, the thing is, this song is really speaking from the point of view of hope. It's speaking from this point of view of hope. And hope is good. Hope is good. It's better than despair, right? Hope is good. It's better than despair. This is an Ernest Holmes quote. Good, it's better than despair, but, oh, well now... Every time you say, here's, here's one of the lessons I learned in, in, in life. Every time you say, but, you've negated everything that has preceded it in your statement. So hope is good, it's better than despair, but it is a subtle illusion and an unconscious compromise and has no part in effective mental treatment. Now, mental treatment, for those of you who may be new to the philosophy or don't know, mental treatment is a way that we express and describe affirmative prayer. And we believe, we teach in this philosophy, I believe, I won't say we believe, I went through that for several weeks, I believe and I teach that 
Treatment is the most effective way of changing our minds and thereby changing our experience of life. But if we are treating from the point of view of hope as though everything is at arm's reach, if we are dreaming or thinking that it's out there, it's just beyond the edge of darkness, it will always remain out there. And so the time is absolutely perfect right here and right now to step into this understanding that peace is now. Peace is now because it is at the core of our heart. Much of the world, much of the world is devoted to hope. It's devoted to this idea of hope. And I think that's what keeps us going, right? It keeps us going. I'm happy to report that here's what hope does. It opens us up to the possibility of something more. It is motivating. It is directive. It gives us a direction. And it is clarifying. Hope is clarifying because I'll tell you what, if you are wondering about your good in the world, you can probably very quickly say, well, I hope that it feels better and know that that's the truth in the moment because you will clarify what it is that will make it feel better. Hope is motivating. Hope keeps us in a forward momentum of life. So I'm okay with that. Hope is directive. Hope gives us a way in which to walk. We're not willy-nilly like, oh, well, I hope it happens, but I don't know. The thing, so I, I, I post these as podcasts for, with just the audio. And if you, if you don't know, you can re-listen to the talks on uh, the, the podcast squad on iTunes and, and uh, Stitcher and Google Play. But sometimes I, as, as I re-listen to them as podcasts, I realize that there are visual things. <laughs> <laughs> and people on the podcast who listen to it must go, well, I don't know really what that was, but it must have made sense in the room. What this, um, what this concept of hope really brought up for me this week as I was considering what I wanted to talk about today is going back to talking about the immigrants who are coming across our borders and, and, and the, the ones who are being approved to make contact with their sponsors and then they're being basically brought by ICE, dumped at the Benedictine Sanctuary, and then they're going to these churches, and, and I've talked about um, how we're going to step into supporting the, immigrant, the immigrants that are coming into this country. And uh, I, sent out a, 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 I sent out an email to uh, anyone who's been a contributor financially or, a, or is a registered member of this center to say that I have made contact with the pastor, pastor, the pastor, at St. Mark's Presbyterian Church, and he is welcoming our support in volunteering. And they do this once a month, so when they set up their next volunteer um, portal, they do it all online. Uh, he will send me the link, which I will then send out to our community, and if you are willing to volunteer, you can sign up there. And it, uh, there are lots of things that can be done. That was a little tangent to say this. It seems to me that the immigrants who are coming into this country and are showing up these various churches have come here with one thing in their hearts, and that's hope. They're coming here with hope. They're coming here with a motivation, a direction, and a clarified path. Hope may be all some of us have 
at any given moment. And that's okay. That is okay. Because hope speaks to something greater. At some point, though, at some point, it is imperative that we move beyond hope. Ernest Holmes also says this, we cannot demonstrate beyond our ability to provide a mental equivalent of our desire. And I'm going to break that down because it is, it is rooted in a jargon that we utilize within this philosophy. And if you're in classes and stuff, you begin to learn the jargon. But if you don't, then what, is it, what does it mean? We cannot demonstrate beyond our ability to provide a mental equivalent of our desire. So if we are living in hope, if we are living in hope, we are bringing something to mind. We are bringing some idea to mind of how we would like things to be. What we teach in this philosophy is that the path towards making that idea a reality in our experience is to do the mental work that is required to make that happen. When that happens, when that thing we are thinking about shows up in our experience, we call that a demonstration. We call that a demonstration. So we cannot demonstrate. We cannot do this. We cannot bring this thing into reality in our lives beyond our ability to provide a mental equivalent of our desire. Mental equivalent? What does that mean? The mental equivalent is simply that idea. It is simply that idea. We must be so firmly rooted in the understanding of our desire, of our mental equivalent, of that idea, and have it so perfectly formed in our own mind that the universe cannot help but bring it into our experience. This takes faith, and faith is a step beyond hope. If we hope it's going to show up, we're keeping it at arm's length just like that peace train out beyond the edge of darkness. We're keeping it at arm's length. We're saying, it's out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere. I'm not really sure. It's out there somewhere. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll come to me. Maybe it'll show up in my experience. Let's let that idea go. We know, we recognize, we, we, we can accept that hope is a stepping stone towards absolute knowing. And when we are in the place of absolute knowing, We've created the mental equivalent. The universe says, yes, here it is in demonstration. Here it is in form. The how we move beyond hope, how do we do this, is rooted in really one thing. How, we, we, must, we must take the time and energy necessary to convince ourselves in faith. And that is called training the mind. This entire philosophy is rooted in the concept that we can train our minds to always be focused on the here and now, knowing that peace is present right here and right now. Love is present right here and right now. Light is present right here and right now. And as we train our minds, this becomes how we experience life. I hear the subtleties of hope in many conversations that I have. And in my mind, part of what I have done as a minister over the many years that I studied to become a minister, and in the many years I have been a minister, what I have done is I have trained myself to translate those hopes into 
definite mental equivalence in my own mind. So if you ever come to me, I may not outright say it to you, but if you ever come to me and you're speaking in terms of hope that something may happen, in my mind, I am working to translate it in that moment to say, whatever it is that is required and desired in this moment is a reality in my mind. And so I trust that it shows up in the mind and in the experience of the person that I'm having this conversation with. But the more that we train our own minds, we don't need the third party, a minister or a practitioner, to take us into that mental capacity, to take us into that mental equivalent. No more hope. No more hope. You will never hear me say, I hope you have a nice day. You will never hear me say that, except as by way of an an example, because you actually did just hear me say that. What I say is, I trust you have a nice day. Hope and trust. Either being out of assuredness or being in assuredness. I trust you have a magnificent day. I trust in the perfect flow of spirit as you at all times. Everything that shows up in your life, I trust, is rooted in the evolutionary nature of spirit and it is showing up as love, as light. And sometimes that may not feel so good, but you know what? The more I know that absolute truth, living in that place of trust, I know that it is showing up for you because it can and it must because it's in my mind and I accept nothing less. I accept nothing less. Sometimes people come to ministers and practitioners because they are not on board with understanding it themselves. They need someone else to be in that place of belief. They need someone else to be in that place of of trust. They need someone else to be in that place of faith. So if you find that that is where you are, we are here for you. I am a minister of religious science. I'm a minister that has committed my life to this very understanding. We have other ministers in the room, and I will let them identify themselves if they so like to say that they are there as well for you, to be of service to you. So if you are not in that place of faith, if you are not in that place of deep commitment and understanding that there is hope within your soul, and that hope has has, has expressed itself right here and right now with someone who lives in faith. No more hope. Replace it with trust. Someone I know, and you know, part of. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm gonna. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a problem. God bless you if you watch this. Um, there is a problem when you are married to a minister. The problem being married to a minister is that on Sundays, everything that happens in your life becomes the possibility of a lesson. There is someone I know. Hmm, I wonder who it is, (laughs) who is dealing with tennis elbow. It's very painful. And this particular person, this person has been dealing with it for over a year. Yeah, and it's, you know, this person was dealing with it in Canada. Hmm, I wonder who I'm talking about. And uh, moved to the United States last November. Hmm, I wonder who I'm talking about. And every single night, it was ice, and this person was basically living on a pharmaceutical, naproxen, naproxen sodium. And you know, there's that part of me that lives in that place of faith, that I'm trusting that the perfect, there's a perfect alignment towards healing, that it is perfectly available right here, right here, and right now, and that it expresses itself by means of this person's life. 
So finally, after knowing the truth and then saying, will you please go to the doctor and get it looked at, he did. And he got a cortisone shot, right? Got a cortisone shot. But then something interesting happened. So he apparently has opened up about his experience with tennis elbow at work. And somebody at work says, well, I have this little electrostimulator thing that you put the little pads on your elbow and you run the electrostimulation and that I think will help you as well. This happened within a couple days. He gets the cortisone shot and he gets access to this electrostimulator thing. And he's doing this every night and he says, oh, it feels so much better, it feels so much better, but I don't know if it's this or the cortisone shot. And I said, who cares? What do you believe? He said, well, I believe that they both work. And I said, then they both do. That's the way this stuff works. It is done unto you as you believe. That's stepping away from hope. Hope, you know, he lived for a year. Gosh, I hope this gets better. Well, you have to step into action sometimes. You have to step into action from a place of assured knowing. Trusting that there is an answer out there. That is what led him to go to the doctor. Thank you. And we believe in doctors. My mother, when I first came into religious science and heard the term religious science, she said, can you still go to doctors? I said, yes, absolutely I can. Because God is the doctor. God is the pill. God is the electrostimulus. God is the cortisone shot. God is in all of it. How it all aligns in the experience of the person has to do with their belief system. Because if he didn't believe these things would work, they would not work. If he believed that they would not work, they would not work. And so it is. It's time for us to step beyond limited thinking. It's time for us to step beyond hope. Beyond there is only one way. There is an only one way mentality beyond the confines of our safe walls. We must step beyond our comfort zones into a place of assured faith. There is a meme on, uh, that if you are in social media, as much as I am, there's a meme that goes out and, and, and I've seen it a number of times, but it's a great meme. It's a Venn diagram. You know what a Venn diagram is? It's like the circle and then the circle and where they overlap are the common uh, ideas between the two ideas that are being presented. So in this, it's a circle. And the circle is your comfort zone. And then over here is another circle, a much bigger circle. It says where the magic happens. And the circles don't intersect. We have to start moving beyond our comfort zones. When we move, when we move beyond, when we move beyond, when we let our thoughts and dreams become activated in the present moment, just like William said, peace is now. It is no longer at an arm's reach when we decide that it is now. To do this, we must commit ourselves to moving beyond those safety zones, that place of comfort. I talked last week about going to Guatemala and being of service in Guatemala. That was me moving way out of my comfort zone. And here's why it happened. Because I was moving through a spiritual practice at the particular time I was invited to go to Guatemala to volunteer at an orphanage in the rainforest. 
I was going through a spiritual practice when that invitation came to me where it was my requirement to say yes to everything that crossed my path. (laughs) And so I get a telephone call. We're going to Guatemala, and we're going to go to this place, and we're going to volunteer at an orphanage. Would you like to come? (laughs) Yes. In that moment, it was a, damn. But saying yes in that moment, moving beyond my experience of comfort, it took me to where the magic happens. It literally changed my life. And I went that first time, I went a couple years later, and as soon as we have a community that can support a trip, I will go again and I will take people with me because it was part of my ministry. We went with, with people, and, 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 and there, was, there was a group of like 20 of us the first time, like 25 of us the second time. We all went. We taught English. I taught song and dance, which was fun. We built a school room for them. We, it's just about being of service. So what step, are you, what step are you willing to take today? What step are you willing to take today that is moving you beyond your comfort zone? I have an idea. Just one. How about taking a class? (laughs) It's very self-serving, I understand. But I'm going to be selfish in this moment. A lot of people think coming to Sunday is enough. And it is, if it's enough for you, to come, feel inspired, and move about your day. But if you really want to embody this philosophy, I'm going to suggest stepping beyond your comfort zone, coming to class. Even if you have not even if you have been to a power of decision class before, power of decision being class I'm going to start teaching in a week and a half, even if you have been to a power of decision class before, you have never been to this experience of the power of decision class, and it will be completely unique because that is the nature of the divine. What we do in class is we get to go deep. We get to have the conversation. We get to have the discussion. We get to really practice putting this teaching into expression in our lives. Sundays are great. I love Sundays. I live for Sundays. I don't know if you can tell how enthusiastic I am about being able to get up here and speak on a Sunday. But it is in classes where we truly embody the philosophy. Even if you've taken class before, it's always a new experience. So I'm going to encourage you, take a look at that. Stepping beyond hope, that's the what about. What about beyond? What about beyond? Stepping away from your comfort zone, stepping away from hope, stepping away. Those are the things that are beyond, and we can have that beyond right here and right now. It is entirely up to you. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.